within the Oceana region. His family um, uh, is here with him. They Okay, I think they've gone off to be part of the children's ministry, so that's great. Um, Angie, his wife, and the two children, um, Eshra, seven years old, and Grace, four years old. Uh, you might catch them and, and greet them afterwards if you didn't already beforehand. Um, uh, Eshwan's passion really is to serve alongside the local church in partnership with Voice of the Martyrs Australia uh, through a hand-to-hand -hand relationship aimed to serve the persecuted church, our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. And so I think it will be uh, educational and challenging for us to hear what he has to bring for us today. So, Brother Eshwan, would you please come? Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, greetings to all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm so excited to be here with you all. I've seen some of you at uh, Camp Fletcher when we had the combined service with Central Mountains Baptist Church. And um, as you have seen my family today, um, my wife Angie and my son Ezra. Ezra is uh, eight years old. And uh, he, he has autism. And Grace is, uh, she'll be turning five next week. And uh, she goes to the Lo uh, Lawson Preschool. So she's very excited for going to school, which uh, I don't know, children are <laughs> not always excited, but she's very excited. And uh, I just wanted to begin uh, by sharing, thank you for Brother Brian for the introduction. Um, I'm originally from Fiji, and um, if you know a little bit of about Fiji, you'd find that the majority ethnic group there is the indigenous, and then the next one is Indians. And they, uh, a few years, I would say about uh, 100 years back, the British brought them to work uh, um, for labor, labor force and all the infrastructure and all that, and so... Um, I come from, originally come from where our brother here and the sister from Tamil Nadu. But we really don't know actually where <laughs> our extended families are and all that. It's been all this while. But looking forward to, uh, one day to visit India as well. When I was in high school, a series of events happened in my life. And then one day I was... I went and I accepted the Lord Jesus as my Savior in the youth ministry. And I come back home and I share that with my mom and my grandmother. And I shared with them, they're Hindus, and I shared with them, I have now become a Christian. You know, Jesus is my Savior. And uh, I wanted to share the gospel with them. But they were not very happy. And uh, my mom said, you have accepted a white man's religion. And my grandmother, he was a witch doctor. And uh, in our family, the, cult, um, the tradition is that after my grandmother, then the eldest son of my mother would take up. So I'm the eldest. So she had so many hopes of me to be the next witch doctor, <laughs> which I did not. <laughs> but that's how God saved me. And uh, to cut the story short, from so many spells to sores to even um, needing to the point of death, but the Lord has always been my shield. The Lord has always been very kind to me. And the Lord has been my stronghold. And I want to just sh share this highlight that one day my mom says to me, we need to sit down and have a chat. So this is a very important chat. And she said, we have two problems at home. Number one, you're breaking the peace at home. You're sharing about Jesus to everyone here. You can't do that. And by this time, I was able to lead my brother to the Lord. And then she, I said, what's the second problem? She said, the second problem is that my grandmother is not able to properly do the witchcraft when I am at home. 
That's the power of God, isn't it? And she said, you need to move out. So, so I went to my pastor. I went to my pastor and I said, can you give me a big Bible verse because my parents have just asked me to move out. And so he shared that uh, we had a Bible college there and he was the principal of the school. And he said, we have a single bed empty there. And this is how the Lord provided for it. And uh, I went there and that's where I found out about Voice of the Mothers. That's where I went and read the testimonies of other Christians. And when I looked at that and I said, wow, you know, my situation is nothing. We see our other brothers and sisters in Christ go through a lot. So with this introduction, I would just like to share with you a brief overview of our ministry, what we are all about, and then we'll go ahead from there. Will that be okay? Can we see the video, please? Jesus Christ didn't avoid the suffering. He didn't avoid the persecution. Though he ushered in the very kingdom of God, he was persecuted and executed for it. In this world, we will face tribulation, but you promise you'll be right here with us. And he said to his followers, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. And to this day, all over the world, they still do. Nothing can separate us from the Jesus if I But Jesus promised more that those who suffer for his name's sake would not be forgotten, not by God, and not by the family of God. Voice of the Martyrs was founded by a persecuted Christian as well. Richard Wormbrand reached out for Christ to the Nazis in the early 1940s when they came into his native Romania. He felt a calling to reach out to atheists for Christ. He prayed for opportunities to share Christ with the Russians as well. And when the Soviet communists entered into Romania in 1944, they came right to his doorstep. Richard boldly witnessed to them as well. And just as Jesus promised, they hated him for it. He was arrested and sent to prison for a total of 14 years, often in solitary confinement, often tortured. Through it all, he held on to his love for God and committed to witness for Christ in word and deed even to his torturers. In 1967, Richard, now free from jail and out of Romania, founded an organization committed to sharing the stories of others who, like him, were being jailed persecuted, tortured, or killed for their faith. He often quoted Hebrews 13.3, Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. That organization today is operating in 68 countries around the world, in regions that are dangerous, in countries that are restricted, reaching out through persecution response, through Bible distribution, and through frontline ministry. That organization is committed to stand with their persecuted family by saying we will not let them suffer in silence. We will not let them serve alone. That organization, Voice of the Martyrs. We will share their stories with the world. We will mobilize the body of Christ to stand together with brothers and sisters who face persecution wherever it happens. We will serve persecuted Christians through practical and spiritual assistance. And we will carry on the mission of the one who called us, Jesus Christ, who said the kingdom of God is at hand. Thank you so much for that video. And I hope that uh, now you have a, a bit of picture of what uh, our ministry is all about.
But I want to share with you that today is a very special day. Today is in the in our Christian calendar. Today marks the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, and so the first Sunday of November is is an annual Remembrance Day. So where Christians all around the world uh, will get together during the service, and uh, they will remember uh, uh, persecuted brothers and sisters, you know who, you know who stand up and who speak out for Christ no matter what the cost is. And so this morning, I wanted to share, I'll, I'll share a few um, pictures with you from the field as well as some prayer points. And then uh, the whole idea is that uh, may God inspire us today that, uh, you know, as we enter into fellowship with our persecuted brothers and sisters. So let me begin by sharing with you a portion of scripture in... Uh, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. If you have your Bibles with you, if you can just we'll just look at one verse. And here it says, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Well, I'm not going to go really deep in expounding this passage because I believe what I'm going to share next with you is that you know in this in this verse the lord jesus here says you know whoever loses his life for my sake will find is actually talking about following him rather than following our own desires and uh, we have a very good example through the founder of voice of the martyrs ministry which you saw in the video in our next slide you will you will see uh, pastor richard Wurmbrand and his wife Sabina Wurmbrand. And in the video you saw, they, they suffered arrest, they suffered imprisonment, they suffered torture at the hands of Nazis, and then the, uh, the communist uh, Russians. You know, their only crime was that they boldly shared the love and the truth of God's word. You know, they chose to give up their comfort, they chose to um, you know, give up their safety in this world in order to, to find a life that, you know, that is counted for eternity. And as you can see in the slide there, you'd find that Pastor Richard was in, was in prison for 14 years, in a span of 14 years. And he had to go through so much torture. Uh, as you can see the pictures there of how the iron bars were just, you know, heated up, and then put, put on his body. And why they were doing it? Because they wanted to know where are, what are the names of other pastors, what are the names of other Christians, and we want to wipe the name of Christ away from that place. He even was in solitary confinement, uh, where nails was all on from every side, and he had to stand there for hours and hours. You know, he chose... To lose comfort and safety in this for him. You know, today, just like him, there are so many of our brothers and sisters in Christ who 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 do the same who do the same thing. You know, they they risk their life to endure harassment, brutality, imprisonment, and death. And you know why they do that? Just to advance the gospel message. Just just think about that. To advance the gospel message, they go through this. Well, in our next slide, this is our main text for today. And I know many of you know about this verse, and you also heard it in the video. This is the theme, theme verse for our ministry. And we're going to look at a few things from here. And the Word of God says, Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Amazing verse. And the writer of the Hebrews, you know, talks, the context of this chapter is about having fellowship with believers. And here in verse 3, he pans out this through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about persecuted believers. I want us to just focus on the first word there. 
and that is remember. You know, the Greek word for remember in this verse does not just simply mean to recall something. Okay, it's not like, okay, I remember this. or Oh, right. But this is what it is. It's rather to actively and intentionally remind yourself of something. And here the context talks about those who are in prison for Christ, those who are being tortured, those who, uh, or we say, the persecuted church. So remember, our brothers and sisters, actively and intentionally. All right? And we'll, we'll show you uh, as we go how we can do that. So what can we do? What can we do to remember our brothers and sisters who suffer so much, you know, who, who are mistreated, who are um, you know, suffering, who are tortured for Christ? And I want to share with you what, how we as the ministry, um, we remember them as well. Well, in our next slide, I think all of you would know the answer that all of us can do, isn't it? Just in the book of Acts, uh, in chapter 12, the church, what they did, they earnestly prayed to God when Peter was in prison, isn't it? And so too, the church today can remember persecuted believers through prayer. It's very crucial. I want to show you a map in the next slide. And this map is what a lot of people would know, the 1040 window. And here you'd see on the red and on the orange there, the, the number of countries where Christianity or the Bible is restricted and or it's hostile. And also in the orange sections, you'd see the number of countries that is being monitored. Friends, there was a time when people said this was the most hardest countries to reach for Christ. But you and I know where there is persecution, what happens there? The gospel of Christ is being shared and so many people are being saved. And I just tell you, uh, I just returned from Solomon Islands on a Friday. And uh, when I went and shared with the brothers and sisters there on a Sunday, then I stayed with them for the next three days. And they said, what, you know, how can we pray? How can we pray? You know, they, they, they said, you know, we've been praying just on a you know, very, just remember them once in a while, that's it. And so one of the leaders suggested this. They, they said, well, everybody's walking from 8 o'clock onwards from there. Let's have a prayer time. And he gave me the time 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. So for the next three days, I will, we go to this church, put the map on the PowerPoint, on the projector, and then we prayed for two hours for the next three days there. You see, they were so much inspired that they wanted to pray intentionally. And they promised me that, you know, they will continue to pray, continue to keep our brothers and sisters in their prayers. You know, it's so crucial. And that is all I ask of us this morning, especially on this International Day of Prayer. In the next slide, I wanted to show you um, about our projects. This is very crucial for, for us to understand and as you pray as well. You see the first four, we have five ministry funds. The first four, as you will as we'll look at it, uh, is about we distribute Bibles front, and we support frontline ministry, uh, families of martyrs, VOM Medical. And then we have the VOM Australia Fund. Now the first four 100% of support that comes from churches goes direct to the mission field. Now, I was very encouraged when I heard that. 100% of it goes. We don't take anything for that. And then we also have our warm ministry fund. This fund actually takes care of the Australia ministry in terms of uh, the printing of the resources and other things like that. And so just wanted to let you know of how we operate as well. So let's 
go and look at a few pictures, a few prayer points as to see, you know, what we can do as we think about that verse, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. In our next slide, you know, we ask this question, how, how does uh, VOM help and remember the persecuted church? Now, how can we do that? Well, this year, uh, at the beginning of this year, we were able to do a Bible project. And, uh, you know, I shared with you that Bibles are so crucial. You know, Bibles are the number one need and demand from our persecuted brothers and sisters. Because the, their persecutors, they target their Bibles. They burn it. Because they know how impactful the Bible is. And so in 2021, we were able to provide Bibles in uh, so many countries like Iran, China, India, Myanmar, Philippines, Pakistan, and even uh, Nepal. We did that this year. You know, this is what the persecuted church said to the ministry. They say, give us the tools we need. And listen to the next line. They say, we will pay the price for using them. So as we, you know, as we think about them, let's pray. Let's pray that every Christian living in hostile areas, that you know, they would be able to receive their own copy of the Bible. And not only that, but pray also that every Bible distributed in every hostile area and restricted nation will be read and will be listened to because we also provide in MP3s as well. And so the whole reason is because the Word of God, like for you and I, it equips us to, to stand firm in the Lord, isn't it? And if, it, if that does to us, then just imagine how much it equips the persecuted believers to stand firm for their faith when they are in the midst of trials and sufferings. I want to show you the next slide. And uh, here in this slide, we also help and remember our persecuted brothers by supporting frontline workers in so many uh, restricted and hostile nations. And uh, the provision includes uh, transport, evangelism resources, pastoral support, counseling, and so many things. And if you can see in the picture of a person with a long beard, I want to tell you his story, if you do not know. His name is Brother Peter Yasik. In 2015, Brother Peter went to Sudan on behalf of Voice of the Martyrs. And he went there to minister uh, and lead projects to help uh, persecuted believers. What happened was he was arrested and then he was charged with conspiring against the Sudanese government. Now he was in prison in Sudan for 14 months and he suffered a lot of torture as well. You know, he, he said they slapped him on the face, you know, they hit him, uh, you know, count, countless times and they said they would just pick up the wooden stick and would hit anywhere, you know, on his head or on his shoulders, on his fingers, they would kick his stomach. You know, the interesting thing was that Peter was only meant to spend four days in Sudan. But he spent 445 days moving across five different prisons. And throughout the process, you know, he shared with us something that I always go to churches and I share. This is what he said. He said, there was a supernatural peace he encountered while facing intense persecution. And so he said, please tell us, you know, what, you, what do you mean by that? And so this is what he said. He said, I recalled how fondly, despite the noise and brutality in his prison cell, he said, he was able to sleep well at a particular time every night. Sleep well. Sounds very small, isn't it? But he could sleep well. Now, this is what he said. 
He said, later I found out when I was released and went back to his church, he said that his home church was actually praying for him at that very exact time every night. Prayer, brothers and sisters, prayer. In our next slide, you'll see, you know, please pray that the Lord would give imprisoned believers daily strength to endure, you know, to remain steadfast and not grow weary or lose, lose heart. You know, in the next slide, I've got another prayer point for you. You know, pray that pastors and evangelists, you know, they will remain faithful to the task of sharing the gospel in restricted nations, even to their persecutors. And we learned this from, uh, uh, from the founder as well, Richard Wombrand. You know, he made a deal with the prison guards that if he could have some time to share from the word of God, and then the deal was to the prison guards, you can beat me every day. So the prison guard said, hey, that's a good deal. We'll beat him for maybe two, three days. He'll forget about the gospel. That was the deal. They allowed him to share and he endured the beating. So please pray that you know, they will remain faithful uh, in the task of sharing the gospel to their persecutors. And not only that, look at the last prayer point there. Pray that pastors and church leaders will be able to demonstrate an unwavering commitment to Christ. So this is how we intentionally pray. When, especially when they face uh, targeted opposition. Let's look at the next slide. You know, we also help and remember our persecuted brothers and sisters by helping uh, families of martyrs. And uh, in the next slide, you will see a story about uh, Brother Gagan. And, uh, you know, I, was, I met him this year. Uh, and uh, I was able to have a chat with him and uh, he shared with me his story. He shared that when he became a Christian, him and his wife, he said just because of that, you know, he lived in a, uh, he had uh, other two, three brothers and mother and the father together and when he went and shared that from at his home, he was taken out of the family home and he was asked to live in the seventh, seventh house. That's his actual house there. And then he shared that when his mother passed away, he was not allowed to participate in her funeral. But just because of being a Christian. He was told not to speak or enter the house of his relatives just because of being a believer. And I tell you, in the Indian culture, uh, you know, he, because of him being a Christian, when his father died, he was not allowed to be a pallbearer at his father's funeral. Uh, in the Indian culture, um, you would find that the son's last act of respect for the parent is for you to be there lifting the coffin box. Being a pole bearer. That's the, your last act of respect and, and service as well. He was denied that. Only reason was because he was a believer. And the day that he was sharing to me, he comes up uh, and says, Brother Ashwan, you know, just this morning we found out that they have cut off the water access that was used for cooking and washing. And so, Straight away, what we did, we prayed, and then we, in our next slide, brothers at the back, we were able to provide him with a water pump so that uh, not only him, but other families who are there, you know, can uh, be, you know, they can use it uh, because it was a very big need. And we call him water evangelist now because his, his job, he sits there. And whoever comes to get the water, he starts sharing the gospel. And he, even when we distributed the Bibles in Nepal, 
he went uh, went along with us. Now just think about that. For someone who would go through so much, yet still he would be firm in the Lord. You know, many times what people would see his situation and, and they say, is it worth following Christ? Maybe today you are sitting here, maybe you have asked that same question. Or maybe you are asking the same question now. Is it worth following Christ? And the answer is an obvious yes, it is. It is. Because he counted it worthy to die on the cross for you and I. It was worth it for him. Isn't it? So let's, in the next slide, uh, let me give you a few prayer points. Please pray. Uh, for families who have lost their homes, for those who have lost their livelihoods, their businesses, and loved ones through violence as well. Uh, pray for those who have been injured, that they will experience the Lord's physical, emotional, and spiritual healing. This is a very important uh, prayer point that I want to share. I'm going to share the next slide. Which, is, which we think is very crucial for us to pray about. Pray for Christian persecutors. Don't forget them. Don't hate them. Pray for them. You know, pray in such a way that those who oppose the gospel pray that the Lord would bring revelation of Christ and true repentance in their hearts. And I can share with you testimonies after testimonies of times that, that has happened. So please uh, pray for them. In our next slide, I also wanted to share with you that we also um, help our, and remember our persecuted brothers and sisters by through our warm medical program. And so this uh, program provides, uh, we have medical teams going into various places and these teams uh, provide medical assistance for Christians who have been injured or are suffering ill health from persecution. This picture is about brother Nitesh and uh, he's from India and uh, he's just 14 years old. Him and his family, you know, their life changed after this, uh, you know, after this situation, um, they were victims of a burn attack in the eastern part of India. It's very common there, violence and so many things. You know, they would just the crowd would just get together and just you know beat believers, especially pastors, evangelists, those who share the gospel. So please pray, especially pray for the nation of India as well. In the next slide, please pray, the, please pray for those injured like Nitish and others like our, our pastors. You know, they, they've been injured through violence. And pray that, you know, they will also experience the Lord's physical, emotional and spiritual healing. It takes a lot out of them. So please, they need our prayers. In the next slide, let us continue to pray, you know, that uh, like families like for Nitish, you know, and other believers that, you know, they, you know, their response is never to take revenge. But what they, what we see from their lives is a wonderful example, you know. So pray that these believers will exemplify the love of God through consistent love and prayer to those who persecute them. That's how we can remember them intentionally. Well, in the next slide, you may ask, okay, so Brother Ashwin, you've talked about remembering, remembering them. How else or what else can we do with our persecuted brothers and sisters? Well, if, if you are not receiving our magazine, which, uh, which has countless um, you know, stories from various uh, places, please, I would highly encourage you. It's absolutely free. The whole idea is to raise awareness and to encourage you as well. 
So please, I've got a sign up uh, form there at the back. Just fill in your details and we'll send it to your mail. We would love to you know, bless you with this as well. So please be informed. That's, I can, that's what I can encourage you. Be informed of how else you want to be you know, part of this ministry. You know, in my personal experience, when, uh, when I read the newsletters, the Lord called me to work with young people in my church. And I ministered to those who were coming from Hindu family backgrounds, who were coming from Muslim family backgrounds. And, and through their testimonies, I was so encouraged to encourage them. So I highly recommend, you know, that if you are not receiving it, please sign up and, uh, you know, you can receive it and you'll be blessed by it. But now what we have done is that because we can verify testimonies and all that, every month covers for a particular country. And so please, um, it's, uh, it, it, I would say it will really help you. It will really help you. For me, it helped me to make a godly response to my trials and sufferings. As I read that. So finally, as, I, as we come to a conclusion in our next slide, I want us to go to a couple of verses. Very practical way of um, sharing today. But just a couple of verses and to see where the Lord or what the Lord wants us for this morning. You know, we talked about uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. And we said that remember, it means to actively and intentionally remind yourself of the persecuted church. And I want us to open to 1 Peter. If you have your Bibles with you, please open to 1 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 22 and 24. And this is what the Lord says. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a, for a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and the abiding word of God. Now how can we actively and intentionally remember our persecuted brothers and sisters, I would say, by loving one another earnestly. And it starts with our church here, and then towards our other brothers and sisters in all the world, by loving them as well. And of course, as, as we shared in uh, number two there about remember continually, in Hebrews 13, 3. And, and we have talked about that, you know, how we remember continually by praying for them. And as I shared with you the prayer points there. But let me take you to our final verse. And this is in Matthew chapter 25. And this chapter here talks about the final judgment. And in, we'll begin reading from verse 34. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcomed you or naked or clothe and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? In verse 40. 
the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these of my brothers, you did it to me. I want to show very quickly, we have some time. I want to show you two videos, very short videos, three minute and a four minute, and then we'll close. My name is Rebecca. I live in the north of Nigeria. One evening I was out with my daughter and on our way home we saw smoke rising above our village. We were under attack. There was nothing we could do to defend ourselves. My husband and I were married in that village. My wedding day, it was the happiest day of my life. Some members of our church gave us a wedding gift. It was a Bible. We read it together every day. And when our children were old enough, we read it to them and their friends. Let the little children come to me. And do not forbid them. For such is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. On the day our village burnt to the ground, my husband and my son were killed in the attack. I was devastated. I mourned for many months. Some of us were able to return to our village to reclaim anything that was left. of Genesis and Revelation were burnt, but the rest was mostly intact. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a wild flower. The grass withers, and the flower falls off. But the word of the Lord endures forever.
still use this Bible. It reminds me of God's faithfulness. Naked I came from my mother's womb, but naked I shall return there. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is a husband to all widows. I look to him for every need. This is what I am still holding on to. That's northern part of Nigeria. We receive a lot of reports of kidnappings. Those who destroy the whole village, the whole Christian village. What believers are holding on to is the word of God. Please continue to pray for them. I want to share with you a message from brothers and sisters in Pakistan in our next video. I hear this wind so far off. Today in Pakistan, we Christians are second class citizens. Though we have committed no crime, we are ostracized and banished to the lowest place in society. Often we are forced to leave our villages and our own homes. We cannot get good jobs. And we have no voice in government. What is left for us is servitude. Sewage work. And we know we will never advance. But we have a church. place where Christians come together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, to sing His praise, to study His Word. For while our country has turned its back on us, God has not. Sometimes it is not easy. 
loss, the injustice. So please remember to pray for us. That we will continue to live together in fellowship. That we will continue to see the joy of the Lord in our lives. And that we will persevere in our faith no matter the cost. Please remember, we are praying for you. So, brothers and sisters, as, as, I, as I conclude, it is my prayer today. You have been encouraged. Not only that, but that you have been challenged from the example of our persecuted brothers and sisters, you know, who, who take their calling very seriously in taking the gospel message to the ends of the earth, no matter the cost. And it is our prayer that, you know, we can learn from that and be that same impact here in, in our communities here, isn't it? That we would serve God boldly. And so, I want to thank you so much once again for your prayers. First of all, for that. Thank you that you have been praying. And thank you for the support as well. And uh, this morning, I want, uh, on behalf of Voices of the Martyrs, we want to bless you with our ministry resources at the back on the table. As you can see, it's there. There's nothing for sale. We want to bless you so that, you know, you'll be more encouraged. You can take, take some of the resources and bless someone else. And, I, and it is my prayer that today and every day, let's intentionally and actively remember our persecuted brothers and sisters. And I would love to uh, speak with you later on at the table. Or if you have any questions, uh, we'd, we'd love to chat with you. Thank you so much, Pastor Brian. Thank you for this wonderful fellowship here. I, I pray that God will continue to mightily use you for the gospel here in this area. Thank you so much. God bless you all.